Thank you for listening to Sports Unfolded here on Anchor. We want to thank Anchor for everything they've done. It is easy to use, so I suggest everybody get out there and make a podcast, put it on Anchor, and show it to the world. So once again, thank you for watching Sports Unfolded on Anchor. Thank you very much. Hope to hear from you soon. Hey, welcome to Sports Unfolded, episode 34. Ron, how are you, Eric? I'm doing good. Yourself? I'm ready to go, man. I've been, just, I've been anxious. Every week, I'm, I'm like a little nervous and we're not going to have enough to cover. And then, you know, the sports world always keeps turning things upside down. Well, of course, you know, I mean, that's what sports does. It, <laughs> it, it just keeps giving you more fuel for the fire every week and, yeah. you know, it did not disappoint this week. <laughs> it did not. Did not. Well, let's start off with our leadoff story. And the New England Patriots made a few interesting moves this week. Uh, first trading their all-pro cornerback, Stefan Gilmore, to the Carolina Panthers for a sixth-round draft pick in 2023. What are your thoughts on the move, uh, producer? Well, if, <laughs> if – uh, if I had it my way, I would never have traded Gilmore because in this league, it's a passing league. You need corners. You need corners on both sides of the field to even compete. Now, unless they're planning on doing something with all that money that they just saved. Well, actually, they cut them probably because they couldn't afford to pick up Collins. It's kind yeah, of well, Collins from. is another issue. I want something to come that is going to help the Patriots. And that is not Jamie Collins. It is maybe an offensive lineman. You know, whatever that may be. I'd like an offensive line. That's what I really want. Yeah. You know, if you're cutting him and you're going out and getting some guy that, that – that is probably got another year or two left in him. That's still a free agent. And I don't know who that is. I don't know, but that's what I would want. That's the only reason why I would cut Gilmore. The so, only reason. Here was the biggest issue. They played well against Tampa. Yeah. And they so didn't have they Gilmore. Like so now they feel like they don't need him. And I think that's ultimately what made this move happen because right. If you, if you look at it, it doesn't make sense. I don't understand. I understand he's devalued at this point with the injury. He's 31 years old. You can look at it in a couple different factors. But a sixth-round draft pick two years from now, I don't understand what they feel they're getting if that's some kind of equal value. You're going to get a sixth-round draft pick. Granted, Tom Brady was a sixth-round, 199. We know this. But, again, if you were going to say a cornerback in the sixth round What's the odds that he's going to become a, a Stefan Gilmore? There's not a lot. None. So it didn't make sense to me on the draft pick. To me, I would have been happy with a fourth, maybe a third or a fourth round draft pick. That, to me, would have made more sense than what they did getting a sixth round draft pick for it. But again, right. we talked about this before. Bill Belichick continues to make moves. And without Tom Brady, they're not working. He tried Cam Newton last year. It didn't work. Oh, wait, he's, that didn't work? It didn't work. Damn. We've got a rookie quarterback this season. He spent a ton of money, tried to get a lot of talent. They're one and three. It's not working. This move to me 
just is a, another example of where we're going as an organization. You could have got away with this four years ago with Tom Brady. I don't think they get away with it now. They needed Gilmore if they were going to try to make a playoff run. You know, he's back in another two weeks. That would have that would have solidified that secondary, and now hopefully those linebackers and yep. defensive linemen were able to get some pressure because the secondary was able to control the, the receiving of the op, uh, opposition. I, I I totally agree with that. Uh, I I don't think this team, I don't think this team can recover without Gilmore, because you got to play Buffalo twice. You have to still play Dallas, even though. Gilmore wouldn't be back in time, but you still have to play them. You know, you're you're going to play, play some, some tough, tough offenses. offenses. And and <laughs> I'm sorry, they're going to get tested. Yeah, so, I mean, this is a, a good three-week stretch for them <laughs> where, look, they got Houston this week, and Dallas next week, and then Jacksonville the week after that. So they've got to go two and three. No, two and one, I'm sorry. Two and one. <laughs> and two and three, no. Two and one, no. I don't know. We're adding an extra loss. They got to go two and one. To me, you know what I mean? That's the only chance they have of even legitimately possibly getting into the playoffs. Yeah, because they then you're looking at four game. losses already and yeah. without having to play Buffalo at all yet. Yeah. yeah. So what about the decision that they decided to bring back linebacker Jamie Collins after his release from the Detroit Lions? I don't think it's that bad. I don't think it's that bad of a deal. I mean, I saw as soon as I saw him getting cut, you know, released, I knew I knew Bill was going to sign him. Now, the thing that worries me is why he's signing him. Mm -hmm. um, I got a feeling Hightower is getting some pressure right now because he has done absolutely nothing. And yeah. I think Jamie Collins is going to take some of his playing time and we might see a high tower trade. So the amazing thing with Jamie Collins is the only place he seems to do well is, is in New England. England. Yeah. So he's got 25 and a half sacks in his career. 17 and a half have been in New England. <laughs> yeah. So in five years with Cleveland and Detroit, he's gotten eight sacks. So you could tell right off that, that he, he wants to, or he likes the system. It works for him. It, they use his skills um, and I have to agree with you 100%. I think that if you look at what Hightower has done, either he's not fully back from taking a year off and just hasn't gotten back into that rhythm, or he's basically regressed a little bit as a player, you know, because of his age, because of – He looks lost off, out there. Right? So I'm, I'm a little concerned. But, I, I mean, look at the linebacking – even Kyle Van Noy. Kyle Van Noy does not look like the same player he was three years ago for us. So, again, you're going to need Jamie Collins. But, again, he's a 30, 31-year-old linebacker now. How much can he bring to the table? Right, but he's going to bring enough to maybe push the others to actually get their butts in gear and, and get going because it can't just be Judah. It can't just be him. We need other players to step up and do their job. Right now, you have a couple of linebackers that aren't doing their jobs. And Jamie Collins coming in is is it could be a solution, not by Jamie Collins himself, but pushing the other two players to stop playing. Yeah, no, absolutely. So do you think that this move will actually help impact them this season? I, I do, actually. I, I do think it's going to impact. Now, whether it's to get Hightower and Van Noy to stop playing, 
or it's going to get one of them to get traded. And that's where the impact lies. So I know Belichick wants the other two to start playing well. Um, but if they don't, and Jamie Collins does, you know, show up and do his job, then that's going to leave one of those players ex- expendable and vulnerable to a trade. Yeah. So let's move on to the NFL. And we're going to continue discussing the New England Patriots. So the one and three New England Patriots will square off this <laughs> Sunday versus the one and three Houston Texas. Texans in Houston. What are some of your keys for the game? Uh, just just play that solid defense. If you play the defense like you did against Tampa Bay, you should win this game. Um, and again, play calling on offense. Those are the those are the two keys. I'm, I'm sorry, it's not it. It's not Mac Jones. And I'm telling you, I, oh my God, this this infuriated me. Watching Felger and Maz, you bunch of dumb asses that have no clue what you're talking about. You have lost reality in sports. You have totally lost it. Respected them so much. And then they came out. This is Maz right out of his mouth. I blame it on the Patriot defense that they're one in three. Again, I think the only game that I... Stunning to actually hear that. It's like, oh, well, they knew the offense was going to be bad, so they needed to be better. Like, hello? <laughs> it's not their fault. <laughs> the defense is playing fantastic. You, you average know? 16 points a game. You're gonna, <laughs> your defense can only do so much. They're the fifth-ranked defense in the league overall in total yards given up. So they're doing their job. It's right. The right. offense isn't putting up enough points. To actually help them out. I mean, there was only one game where I can remember they didn't make a stop when they needed to. You know what I mean? And other than that, I mean, it's really not. uh, The defense is. And then Eric, to top it all off, to top it all off, they got onto the subject of Mac Jones, right? And basically, oh, if it was Tom Brady, he would bring them down the field, put him in position, and, and, um, Vinatieri would just kick the field goal and we'd win. Sure. Okay, so I'm thinking it's like, well, Mac Jones did bring him down the field, did put him in field goal position to win, and then Nick Folk missed. Yeah. How it, is that on Mac Jones? No, it, How is it, that on him? There and was they, that- they said, oh, his quarterback rating is, is terrible, it's bottom five. It's like, yeah, well, when you got a receiver that – doesn't catch the ball, pops up, and gets intercepted, that's what's going to happen. If you're not giving him the tools to get down the field, then that's what's going to happen. Yeah, And Thanks it, for it the just joint. makes no sense. Turd, Mistress, uh, RTS Gaming, and Sway Kid, thank you for the uh, bits as well. Appreciate you. Um, so I looked at it. I looked at a couple things. Um, Houston is a 28th-ranked uh, defense in total yards. They give up the sixth most rushing yards, the 11th most passing yards. Look, as an offense, this is a dream. Yeah. So Josh McDaniels should be dialing up whatever he can to say, look, we're going to run the ball. We're going to throw the ball. We're going to throw all the – to Kenny's point, right, we're going to add more than 20 plays. Right? It's going to be – this should be a 40-50 play game where, like, hey, we're going to add some stuff in here this week because we got an opportunity to take advantage of this defense. If they're smart. Again, a couple of things, though. Turnovers, they've got to control them. 
They have to make sure that those look, penalties, got, right? Penalties and turnovers have killed them. And even if it's a bad team, you keep a bad team in it if you make those mistakes. Right. Here's my concern for the Patriots. There's a possibility that four out of their five offensive linemen will be out this game. <laughs> that concern. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> right. So you talk about penalties. Yeah. But again, you talk about penalties. Now there's no cohesion. You talk about just right, un- right. not understanding, you know, what they what their assignments are. It's concerning. Hopefully, one or two of these guys are back, so you're only down one or two offensive linemen. But four <laughs> is very concerning. On the other side, though, Houston has the same problem. A couple of their offensive linemen are down. Uh, I think Danny Amendola's might be out. I think their running back might be out. So, again, some opportunities for New England. But we'll have to see, again, how the coaching – decide to approach it. If they play it soft and decide that they're just going to, you know, not want to make, uh, take chances and not want to let Mac Jones decide to, to take over a game. We could be in for another close game. We could be in for another 17, 18 point game and that might not win it for him. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I gotta say that I think this game could be a coming out party for Mac Jones. Um, I think this is the game that they want to start letting him throw the ball down the field because it is Houston after all. Like, you know, we're not we're not playing Dallas yet, so this is a good time to try some of those plays and get them sorted out so that way when we do play Dallas next week, you know, then he might have that in his repertoire to – to have more confidence in, in well, they, they basically, I think the coaching staff needs the confidence yeah. in Mac Jones, which yeah. they should already have. He took a big step against Tampa. I, I truly think uh, again yeah. after the show, after the game, we we did our show, and I, I truly think he outplayed Brady in the in that one game. I'm not saying he's better than Brady. I'm not saying he's the next time right. Brady. What I'm saying is he outplayed him. Oh right. And, right. It, there's a really good opportunity here where, look, let's take the next step with this kid this week. And if you do it and you do it right, going into Dallas, that gives him a, that gives him a fight his chance. Yeah. And that's what you're looking for. Realistically, look at this time. We, we've got to understand we're not the New England Patriots of the last 20 plus years. Nothing's going to come easy anymore. They've right. got to take these baby steps. And if they do it correctly as a coaching staff, it's going to make the difference. So yeah. let's. They got to show that they believe in Mac Jones. They get, yeah. the coaching staff has to show that because there's only so much that the team can do if they don't see you as a coach having faith in that quarterback. Then how are those players going to? Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's talk about the L.A. Rams. Uh, they defeated the Seattle Seahawks last night to improve their record of four one. While the Seahawks dropped the two and three, but that wasn't the biggest story of the night. Star quarterback Russell Wilson suffered an injury to his middle finger on his throwing hand. Early indications are it's a badly sprained finger. What would you say is the outlook for the Seahawks if Wilson misses an extended period of time? Well, they do have Geno Smith, and normally that would be a joke. <laughs> and normally I, I, that would be a what? joke. Are you serious, right? Go ahead, I'm listening. Like, I don't – look, I don't think that they would make the playoffs if it was a long-term thing. Like, Geno Smith is not Russell Wilson. 
but in a couple of games, I think he plays well enough to to you know move the ball. I got to like, you got to think that they'd have to play better defense. Like you have to play solid defense in order for that to happen. So they're one of the worst defensive teams in the league. They've given up the most yards on yeah. average. Uh, so that's not a good sign. No. Russell Wilson hasn't missed a start in his career. So 149 straight starts uh, as a rookie. Um, no. But I would say this, if you think about just the confidence overall of where this team was anyway, to begin with, he was doing all he could just to try to keep them afloat, keep them up. Uh, I'm sorry, Eric. I'm laughing at Tez because you know he's a, a Colts fan. The Colts fan, and, and they got their first win, and he's all excited. Look at him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he hasn't been – you notice he hasn't been on recently because yeah, I yeah, think he I realizes know. that we would have tore him up. So, uh, Cooling, thanks for joining. Kenny, thanks for joining. Um, but overall, um, again, Geno Smith being his backup, I don't know if that, I'd be too confident with that. Well, no, but I mean, at least he can, at least he can move the ball, you know, uh, at least, and you're getting the same type of quarterback. He basically sealed the win for the Rams no. last night. Oh yeah. Well that, yeah. that You get two things from Geno Smith is uh, you can remember all his bad jet years and is an interception due every game. And again, we resort back to that jet theory that I have. And I think it's pretty solid. The jets destroy quarterbacks yeah so we'll have to see uh hopefully it's nothing serious he's been able to play through a lot of injuries but uh that streak might be over i mean that finger didn't look right no it uh, did it's not so, that uh, thing was like flopping he was like it's over there yeah, waving yeah, to everybody yeah. and then he couldn't he, he can't grip a football i mean that's the most important thing he has no. to do so no. we'll and, have to and, see how that and don't forget i don't i don't know how bad it is but Stafford also also injured his finger. Yes, yes, he did. But he seemed like he got through it. Um, and he again, had like I five like, different bandages on yeah, throughout the game. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that works out. Um, again, that that division just uh, got a little easier for some of those teams because I think <laughs> yeah. without without Russell Wilson, that that you know, it's a three team race now. That's how I look at it. Uh, San Francisco. Mm. So uh, let's move on to the biggest mistake the Jacksonville Jaguars have made in their franchise's history. And that was hiring urban Myers as a head coach. So Myers was recently spotted at a bar in Ohio with some females enjoying his, uh, his night. We'll say right after their loss to the Cincinnati Bengals. What, if anything, should the Bengals, uh, should the Jaguars ownership do about this incident? All right. So, so my take on this is that this guy is a piece of scum. Okay, because wow. you know, look, you know, well, look, you know damn well that was not the first time he was with that woman. You know damn well they were way too comfortable together. They were way too comfortable together. We don't know what song was on, so for the record, I mean, it could have been a song where that was appropriate. No, no, no. Okay, he's a married man. That I agree with. So, to me, this isn't a problem for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yet, it will become that once some of these players decide to go out partying and have a good time, and he says, "Oh, you can't do that," blah blah blah. Well, look at you. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what, unfortunately, this is what he's created now. If you look at it, they're zero and four in the season. Clearly, his focus isn't on winning or the team. You know what I mean? Because again, you're a horrible example for the players. If you're going to try to tell these players how to act, how to focus. 
how to get you know make sure look we yeah, need to win no. games and he's gonna, he's gonna lose respect loss, for all the players he's gonna lose all yeah, of it no, all of it after a loss to me he should have been right back in Jacksonville saying we got to figure out how we're gonna get a win like we're yeah. getting closer but again it's still an L in your own four. Uh, you know, my focus would be on getting back, figuring out with my coaching staff what we need to do to improve to get a, that first win under our belts. It's not going to get any easier. And the only thing either. that was under his belt was that that young lady's uh, derriere. That's yep. what was under his belt. Yep. The thing that I started to look at is this, too. It was his bar, right? So, first of all, you know he's not paying for a single drink. Right. They're going to blame the alcohol factor. I've heard that now that, you know, made him make some poor decisions. But he, you the, know he the damn well he's doing was, it every night. Listen, the poor decision was he should have never went there <laughs> in the first place. He should have been exactly. on a plane back to Jacksonville to figure out how to get a win. This isn't college football. And I think that's the atmosphere he's still, you know, mentally in is that, look, it's good. It's fun to party. Have some fun. You know, let's have some frat parties. Let's go. This is the NFL. And if you continue to do behavior like this, it's just going to continue to destroy this team. So let me ask you this question. Should the Jacksonville Jaguars fire Urban Myers? I feel as though, yes, it's borderline because what he did isn't really that big of a deal. Yeah, I agree. But it puts the player coach in a, an area that the team will get away from him. And I think the organization as a whole, right? They've got to be able to accept it. So I, I say this. if they a role model it, for your star quarterback yeah. that you just dropped. So think about this. They play the Tennessee Titans who had a bad loss against the Jets last week. If Tennessee comes out and they, they, they blow out Jacksonville, you're going to have to question if this ownership can keep him around because it just goes to show that, look, at this point, where's the focus and the, and the structure going to be for this team going forward? Because this would haunt them. If they – listen, if it's a close game, you can probably – he can probably skate. If they lose badly after this incident, it could ultimately cost him his job. That's how I, I would look at it. Yeah, I agree with that. And I'll go one step further. Tennessee just lost to – the Jets. That's right? a bad loss. Yeah. You don't think that that team is coming out to play this week? Oh boy. Oh and that's, boy. So, you know that's that's the that's the thing for me is if I'm Urban Maya, I've got to show that I can get this team focused again and able to compete. And if they don't compete this week after this incident, if I'm the owner, I'm I'm starting to think, well, okay, was it because of what happened? And the players are just giving up and they they don't feel like they can respect you and, and want to, you know what I mean, go yeah. forward with you. That's going to be on him. Listen, at the end of the day, he has a wife, he has kids, his family, and they've got to go through this. And I'm, so I'm not trying to, to say football is more important. But at this point, his focus needs to be on this football team. He's going to have to figure out his marital issues with his wife. You know, on the side, that's which coming, is gonna be, which is going to be difficult. Yep. But they need to perform this week. If he's honestly, if he put it this way, if he has any interest in continuing to coach in the NFL, he, th his team needs to be competitive this week. 
they're not going to be. It's not even going to be close. All right. Let's look at some week five matchups that we're interested in seeing. Um, What do you got, Ron? All right. So there are three games that I've keyed in on. Oh, me too. See, this again, three weeks Uh, in a row. There are three other games that are interesting. Okay. Um, Those interesting, I'll do that really quick, are the – I can't even read my writing. The Steelers and Broncos game. You know, that that is interesting because Broncos, this could be a tailspin if they lose to the Steelers. (laughs) Uh, The the Giants and Cowboys, like it seems lopsided for the Cowboys. Um, But I'm going to hope that the Giants come out and play and and make this a game. And then there's the San Francisco-Arizona game. Some interesting. Uh, it, it's a, a little interesting. I don't think they're going to match up to Arizona, but you know, but those are the interesting ones. But the yep. key games, key games, the key Go. games. I have the Packers and Bengals. Both so do three I. and one. Yep. Um, it's in Cincinnati, and, and that's exactly it. Right, if Cincinnati wins this game, oh boy, that's going to change that division. Um, and then the, uh, the Chargers and, and, um, the Browns, the Browns, I can't read my own writing with my glasses, (laughs) (laughs) the Chargers and the Browns, of course, they're both three and one. Yeah. So So which team is going to be the team that actually starts to show their dominance? Exactly. Uh, Chargers are at home. So that is a good one. And then I have the Bills and Chiefs, of course. Yes, and I know the, the three games. Right? Yeah. You had the same three. Yeah. So the interesting part, right? Let's look at – so I've, I've started to hear that the interesting part, the, the Bills aren't for real. They've beaten some bad teams. The one loss was to the Steelers, who they shouldn't have never lost to, right? Here's right. their chance to show that they're for real. They've given up the least amount of points in the NFL. Josh Allen is, yeah. is taken off now. The yep, Chiefs yep. have not looked good. Even with the win last week against Philadelphia, it was close for a while. Yeah, They're and that's Philadelphia. Like right? they, they had no business being in that game, and they kept hanging around. Oh. That defense for Kansas City is not very good right now. Yeah, so I, to me, it's going to be interesting to see if, you know, are, are the Bills for real? This is that chance. Yes, this is. is their chance to say, look, we're going to be the, the team on the AFC. All right. So really good games. Those three, really excited to look for. All right, my friend, it's time to talk some Major League Baseball. Oof. Oof. But first, if you're joining us, we're live on Rhode Island Broadcasting. We're on every Friday night at 6 p.m. Facebook, YouTube, Twitch on Rhode Island underscore broadcasting. Like, follow, share. Bits, everything you can do all on all three of those platforms. We appreciate it. Follow us at Sports Unfolded on Facebook and Twitter, at Broadcasting RI on Twitter, Sports underscore Unfolded on Instagram, and you can listen to us on podcasts on Amazon, Anchor, Google, and Spotify. So, so many different ways to watch, listen, uh, support. We appreciate all the support out there. You guys have been great. A lot yes. of Twitch. A lot all of Twitch. Uh, the Twitch Dennis has joined us. Your walls are warped. He's it. He's it. He's like in a puff daddy. The night those nineteen, those two early two thousand videos. That's I like it. 
in those he still thinks it's thursday yeah he's a little confused i think hey let's uh so let's move on to that major league baseball so we got the uh, the divisional series going right now so we got four teams that are involved uh, the eight teams that are involved uh producer let's throw those up there real quick and let's see what we got here so uh we got the series obviously the tampa versus uh boston uh boston defeated the yankees in the wild card and uh obviously they lost uh yesterday they're playing tonight what do you got going for this series oh well like i said before we started the show if sale isn't sale the series is over they they have to win tonight or they're getting swept that's basically the option unless Evaldi pitches game three you know if he pitches game three then i have some hope because he's he steps up like that that is a playoff pitcher he kind of reminds me of what what like Schilling did when you know he was around and how he is in the playoffs Evaldi is no different from that he is spectacular in playoffs he, he pitched very well against the Yankees. He's done well in the playoffs. But to me, Tampa Bay has just been so dominant all year. I mean, they just yeah, they do have. not seem to lose a beat. Even when they've struggled, it's only been for a few games. I can't see them losing, you know what I mean, four games in a row. That's why they that's why they have to they have to win this game because you can't go down 2-0 because you're not gonna win three straight against Tampa Bay. Yeah, you're not gonna do it. The five game series, right? Five game series. Yeah, it's sorry. a five game series. So you know what I mean. I don't see them losing three. All right. What about the other American League uh, matchup? So Houston, I believe, is up two nothing. I know they were winning today, so I, I might be jumping the gun, but I'm pretty sure that Houston won. They beat the White Sox. Is this series over? Um, I would think that Houston would win no matter what. Anyway, um, I don't think it'll be a sweep, but uh, four games. You know, I think Chicago is good enough to win one. I just think Chicago doesn't have any playoff experience, really. Like, the, that team is just learning how to win. And How about the Astros coming back from that whole situation and, and being able to do what they've done again? So Yeah. It's, it makes you wonder who was the actual cheater. Yeah, you know, but that's pretty remarkable because if you think about it, I mean, this team could have been dead and buried. Yeah, could have. And, and you know what I mean? They they came back. They performed again. Uh, they looked dominant. If it's Tampa-Houston, I mean, that's a very interesting series because both of those teams are, are match up very well. Yeah. So that'd be interesting. All right, let's look at the National League. We got, uh, we'll got we go Brewers and Braves first. What do you think? Um, I'm actually leaning towards the Braves. Wow, okay. Um, I think they match up so closely together, but – I know that Milwaukee lost, um, what was it, Davidson? What, Davidson? Reliever with a fractured finger. Yeah. Um, that's a big loss. But I also think that there's another reliever that's hurt. Um, I want to say it was Davis. Um, but if, that's, if that is, in fact, true, if they've lost two relievers, that's going to put a big hole in their bullpen. And I think, I think Atlanta could could take out could take the series in five. I think it's going to go five, no matter what. I think it's going to be a fun series. Um, look, we we've doubted the Brewers all year. 
Yeah, they and have great starting pitching. Right? And they've done well. They've just continued to grind. Um, but again, I, I, I like the Braves as well. I this this series is I think too close to call. It, it is go either it's way. Very I really close. think this is a, a very close series. Let's talk about the other National League. Oh my gosh. It's, it's hard to like, believe the second best team in baseball is going to go home. Right. And I say the second best, best because whoever wins the series is the best. Yeah. Record wise, yes. They're the top two teams in baseball. Yeah. And one just happened to have to be in the wild card spot. And the fact that they have to play each other right off the bat. Yeah. You know, after yeah. the Dodgers beat, uh, you know, St. Louis on that last second, you know, heroics. And again, right. they, they've, they've shown so many different ways to win. But how do you doubt the Giants at this point and what they've done all year? Uh, it, it's hard to. How many because, times do we do predictions and we said look, this is the week that San Francisco <laughs> falls to LA falls, and they somehow yeah. kept doing it and they right. just kept doing it. So LA actually had the best record since the All-Star break, I believe. Uh-huh. But it was only like two games ahead of of the Giants. So <laughs> So here we are. And we're talking about the same two teams over and over and over all season long. And I remember when we thought, oh, maybe San Diego might grab that last spot. And at the time, they were playing pretty well. But then they just – they finished like 13 games back. Yeah, they and they fired their manager this week. Yeah. So – And it's, 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 it's amazing how, how teams can just – can just collapse. I mean, and now, now we have the the pleasure of seeing two of the best so, teams in baseball play. So who, are you picking? who are you picking? I'm putting you on the spot here. Yeah, you know, I have to. I have to do this. All right. So based on who's pitching today, I would have to say, um, I would have to go with Dodgers. In, I'm in talking five. about in five. Yeah, Dodgers in five. Wow. Okay. I'm not. I am done doubting the the Giants. And I literally want to see the betting community fall to the ground because there's so many people that are going to win based on the fact that if the Giants pull us off, I, I don't remember what they were at at the beginning of the year, but there's some un astronomical numbers. Like they were not favored to do what they're doing. That these these <coughs> these betting establishments are going to literally go crazy. They're going to go up in flames because they're going well, to have to pay out so much money. If you also got to look at it this way, Eric. Um, think about those years with the San Francisco Giants winning championships every other year. Yeah. Uh huh. They were on odd number years. Yeah. Just saying. This could be it. This could be it. So, so we got Astros. We agree. Braves Brew is too close to call. We're going Rays, and we're splitting on the Dodgers Giants. We'll have to see. I, I'm not sure these series will be I, over by I the next show. I didn't even call the Sox and Rays. Yeah, you don't have to. Because Sale wins tonight, and uh, then they yeah. have Evaldi going next. Yeah, yeah so they're, they're going to beat the Rays. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Okay. Just saying. All right. Let's move on to our triple play. And I always got to throw some hockey in here for you. So this week's triple play is which of these last season NHL points leaders would you start, bench, and cut? Connor McDavid, Leon Drysdale, Drysdale, Drysdale. I I almost got it. And Brad Marchand. 
All right, so I'm first this week. So I'm starting Connor McDavid. And I just look at it. He had 105 points, 33 goals, 72 assists. So not only was he scoring, he was getting his teammates involved. The only negative, he was the worst in the plus minus. But again, I think that's more a result of the team he was on. They underachieved in the playoffs. And it's probably because they couldn't stop anybody else. So a plus 21. Leon, dry sale. Dry Seidel. Dry Why can I not get Dry Seidel? Benching, 31 goals, 53, uh, 53 assists, plus 29. So when he's on the ice, team performed better. Plus 29, very good. Positive player on the team, which means I cut Brad Marchand. 29 goals, 40 assists, plus 26. Listen, yes, he's a Bruin, and I, I told you we weren't going to agree with this. But I, I look at the plus minus, and then I just looked at what Connor McDavid did. His numbers were just so far in between these other two guys as well. How does he not be your starter? That's my triple play. Okay, so okay. let me enlighten you, Eric. Enlighten me. Enlighten you. Please do. There, there are two players on this list yep. that can create yep. in any situation. Okay. Two. I'm listening. The first one is number one, and I, I would start him, and that is Connor McDavid, who is the play, the best player in the league right now. Got it. The best player. I called that one. Good. Like, I don't care what the numbers are. Like, when you watch him play, he is bigger, faster, stronger than anybody on that ice. He creates plays out of nothing he sees everything he belongs in the talk with Gretzky Lemieux wow. Steve Eiserman not Sidney Crosby, Crosby. Nah, we're not just, even going there you to, yeah, we go again. those three guys right there that's yeah. that's the conversation is those three guys and Connor McDavid those he is so dynamic he changes, he changes the way teams play when he's on that ice. Benching, Brad Marchand. And I'll tell you why. Like, no, yes, 30, 31 goals for Dreisaitl. Yeah, great. Marchand plays every part of the game. Great. Maybe discipline. Mm -hmm. Sometimes he loses, but he's gotten a lot better. Whether you're shorthanded on a power play, even strength, this guy comes to play. He is fast. He's got a great shot. He can create something out of nothing. What you might think is just an, a routine, you know, dump in, he can change that and, and put offense up. And he gets the numbers to prove it. Leader in shorthanded goals. I mean, you name it, this guy does it. Clutch goals. Clutch goals is what Brad Monshan is all about. The, the overtime goals, the playoff winning goals, all of that stuff matters, and it puts him way ahead of Dreisaitl. Way ahead. Way ahead. The in numbers fact, don't say so, but in fact, ahead. yeah, I know the numbers don't say so, but when you have Connor McDavid on, <laughs> on your side – 
you know, you are going to get points. So it's let me just, ask you this question. It's like Kevin you... Stevens when he played with Mario Lemieux. He just uh, yep. he just right, stands but... in front of the net. You bank it off of him. All right, but you're the hockey guy. Was there more talent on Boston or Edmonton? Other than Connor McDavid, because we obviously know he's a superstar. There was there was probably overall more talent on Boston, but no one as dynamic. Look, look, I love Bergeron. Like, yeah, um, and I'm that. But fun. he is so not Connor McDavid. Have been better, right? He's not That's Connor true. McDavid. Now you also have Pasternak. So. But when Pasternak is removed from that line, Bergeron and Marchand still go. They still go. So you got Dreisaitl. I said it. Dreisaitl. Dreisaitl. I did it. He, yes. he would be my cut. And it, and it wouldn't even be close because I would, I would have it down to the other two every single time, no matter how I look at it. Just so there's any the hockey eyeballs. fans out there, we're going to be covering uh, NHL preview show on Monday at 7 p.m. So if you enjoy hockey – or you enjoy someone hacking everyone's name, um, watch that show. <laughs> I am going to butcher probably more names in that than uh, your local deli. Well, when you butcher Patrick Waugh. <laughs> Patrick Waugh, right? I couldn't get, I couldn't, no matter how many times I said, I tried to say it, I couldn't say it right. But we're going to continue with this NHL theme and we're going to talk about Kerry Price, the goaltender for the Montreal Canadiens. He has left the team uh, voluntarily due to some men mental health issues. The Canadians made a big run last season, right? Losing in the Stanley Cup Finals. How big of a loss will this be for the team if he's out for a long period of time? They won't make the playoffs. Not without Carey Price. I, what does Carey Price look like? I, I don't know if our producer can put him up there <laughs> real quick. Because I, I know that that is Carey Price. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that is Carey so, Price. So, I mean, the first and foremost, we have to look at the, the person – and what he's going through. So I think from a, a standpoint, you know, as hands of sports, sometimes we get selfish and we want to just like, I can't believe it, but this is probably the best thing for him because if he wasn't focused or couldn't get focused because of some other things that are going on. He might not have been as good for the team anyway, but we've, we've discussed it. And the one thing I do know about hockey and the one thing you've taught me about hockey, you need solid goaltending. If you want to win, especially yeah. in the NHL, right? So him and what he was able to do for the Montreal Canadiens last season to get them to the Stanley Cup. It was remarkable, to be honest with you. And him being out now, this could ultimately cost the team. Good for him as a person that he's able to, to do this for himself and, and, and hopefully get well. Yeah. The team itself, unfortunately, is going to have to to struggle. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna struggle big time too because like this team – did not improve in the off season. Uh, in fact, they probably lost more than they gained. And uh, I don't see a good turnout. And I think he sees that. And that is one of the reasons why he's going to opt out for a little while. Yeah. And, and I know. His, oh, go ahead. No, I'm no, sorry. no, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, and I know his wife had put out a tweet, um, you know, just, you know, commending him for, you know, putting his family and himself first. Um, you don't see that too often, and sometimes these guys go down dark roads um, because they're trying to figure out a way to just, you know, succumb to 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 the pressure. Yeah, um, I'm 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 happy for them. I'm I'm they honestly, we're seeing this more from athletes now, right? We're yeah. starting yeah. to see it more and more from athletes that look, we're fans, and we say some things sometimes that are probably inappropriate to say about another person. Mm -hmm. 
It's the emotion of the sport. But these these athletes now are starting to say, you know what? I don't care what people say. I care about my mental health and be able to be with my family and take care of my family later on in life. So commend him for that. Canadians probably going to struggle. I think yeah, we both yeah. can agree with that. So we'll have we'll have to see um, how it's how this whole arrest thing. You know, it, it's it's similar to that. I mean, yeah. it's 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 actually spot on the same, really. Like yeah, when Tuka really Rask what left with last that. year, right? Rask, we weren't sure of exactly why he left when they were in the bubble. It was believed there it was uh, for one of his children who was ill. Yeah. But how many times have people criticized him for not coming yep. back? Right. And, and again, we don't know what look, they're going through. And look, we as like Bruin fans say, like, we know when he left, that doomed us. We know it did. And and the facts are there because Halak was not Tukarask. Tukarask is a is a top five goaltender in the league. Whether you want to believe that or not, that's the that's the facts. Yeah. He's a top five goaltender. When he's playing, who you, who you don't want back. When, <laughs> when he's playing at, up to his, you know, potential. Potential. This, you're not going to beat him. But the problem is he's he's a little frail mentally when it comes to you know his personal life. And I look, I'm not. That's not really a dig. I'm I'm trying to figure out a word that describes you know, his situation at home, you know, it's, it's a frail situation. And when you choose that, all the fans feel like, Oh my God, he just abandoned us, but he's just trying to do what's right for him and his family. It's the hardest thing to do. It is hard because you don't think that, he, he was probably at, in tears when he yeah. left the locker room. We we don't we don't look at the human side of athletes. We really no, don't. We look no. at it's our team and it's uh, listen. I, I'm probably the biggest example of if you look at Tom Brady and what he meant to the New England Patriots organization, and somehow I just can't get over the fact that he left. Like yeah. I just can't. I blame him as a person for leaving, and it's not him. You know, he made decisions, and it's 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 okay. It, we do that, and anybody yeah. will do that. You want to get a new job. I'm not going to sit there and go, Ron, what are you doing? You left the job. I can't believe, right? Yep. But, but as as fans, we can't seem to get past those hurdles. And now that we're starting to see athletes just decide that, look, mental health is more important, and I'm not going to succumb to the pressure of what the fans want. I'm going to do what's best for me as a person. I think we'll start to see these guys getting help prior to and not having to take time off during the season because they'll understand that, look, during these off seasons might be the most important time to start to get your mental health right so that you can go into a season and be prepared for it. So Kerry Price, good luck uh, with whatever uh, you're dealing with. And hopefully you, you know, you get the the help you need so that you get back on the ice. Absolutely. Pick and roll time, my friend, pick and roll. Pick and roll. Woo. So this is a good little, one. This little, is a good little one. Different, right. We want to do something a little fun here and we're going to, we're going to sit here and talk about the, uh, the division leaders, we're going to split it into two. So you got the four AFC teams that are le- currently leading and then the four NFC teams that are leading. And then we're going to figure out who has the most pressure that they probably will not be in first by the end of the year. Does so make four sense? being that they will be in first. Yeah. One being they won't be. Won't be. So I start off this, this week. So 
In the AFC, the four division leaders are Buffalo, Cincinnati, Tennessee, and the Chargers. And this is how I got the AFC. At number four, Buffalo. By far, best team in that division. They got the Pats, Dolphins, and Jets. None of those scared <laughs> me enough to say that Buffalo should win it. At number three, I got the Titans. <laughs> and the Titans got the Colts. Sorry, Tez. I have to say it. They, they have not looked like uh, Carson Wentz is the answer. The and Jazz. Is, and that's a Tennessee team that's not even playing well. <laughs> yeah, right? And I still – they got the Colts, Jags, and Texans. So if you look at the three teams that are in their division, they they no matter what, they should still be better than those three teams. At number two, this team – this one I debated a little bit, but I said I went with the Bengals. I still think they got a little bit better shot because I feel the Steelers are on the downslide. The Ravens sometimes go either way. And then the Browns, injuries, right? They've lost Landry. Now they're saying that um, Baker Mayfield has an injury. So that could help the Bengals. Still think they have a very difficult road to keep the first place in that division. I think Baltimore, and I still think Cleveland's a better team. But they have a a better shot than this next team, the Chargers. Because if I'm saying the Chiefs, the Raiders and the Broncos are in my division. You're all three and one. <laughs> Except for the Chiefs, who are probably the best team in the division, <laughs> who are two and two. So let's I, – I can't see them holding on to this. I just think that the Chiefs are going to figure it out and be able to put points up. I think the Broncos will fall back to reality, but the Raiders are an interesting team. They could go either way, and we talked about that during our preview show. We don't know what the Raiders are. We still don't know what the Raiders are. So that's how I have the AFC. What do you got? Okay, I do have number four, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, to me, that was that was easily the no-brainer of the of the the four. Uh, there's no way the Bills are not winning that division. They're just it's just not happening. Uh, number three, I also have the Titans, and it's for the same reasons that you stated. Look at that division. As bad as Tennessee is playing, there's no way they're relinquishing that division. <laughs> Not at all. So it did come down to the one and two. Um, number two, I actually went Chargers because I think the Chargers are on pace to do what I thought they would do this season. The key is Kansas City. I am not worried about Denver. I am not worried about Las Vegas. I think they're both going to show who they really are, and it's coming fast. So I would not be surprised if the Broncos end up with a losing record, and I would not be surprised if Las Vegas ends up with a losing record. I think both of them will, and the only factor is can Kansas City now catch up to the Chargers? That is the thing. They're down two games, right? Mm-hmm. That's not, not easy. One game. I think three and one, two and two. Oh, okay. So one game. Oh, one game. And they still haven't played each other yet. So it's two games. Got yeah. the Chargers, Chiefs. So, yep. I, I, again, I could go either way. I agree with you. Like, so you got the Bengals like, at one? Look, yeah. So I have the Bengals at one. Um, look, I don't think they're going to hold on to it. There's too many Probably teams. Story would it be, though? Right? It would be such a good story. I mean, I would love the Bengals to win that division. Yeah, I'm I would love them, it. But, 
but I just can't see it. I can't see them holding on, you know, the charge with Cleveland, with Baltimore, you know, Pittsburgh to me, they look done. They're done. Yeah. They're fried. Um, so it, it basically comes down to whether or not, you know, the Bengals can hold on. And I don't think they can because they're already tied three ways. And so it's already, it's already difficult. And I still believe that Kansas City is going to win that division. So, I mean, putting charges at number two, they could easily be yeah, number one. Yeah. And I think one, two, like we said, we could flip flop it either way, but those are probably, they probably could be one A, one B. Yeah. Realistically. All right. NFC. All right. So the four teams, the Dallas Cowboys, the Green Bay Packers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Arizona Cardinals. So I had at number four, the Dallas Cowboys. Washington football team, the Giants and the Eagles in the division. Listen, Washington's the only close team that could actually maybe make this interesting. Giants and the Eagles, I just think, are going to fight out for the last place. Number three, I had the Packers. Bears, Lions, and Vikings are in the division. Bears don't know who their quarterback is each week. Supposedly it's Fields now, but who knows? Matt Nagy. You know, Andy Dalton decides his knee's better. Who knows what happens? The Lions are an absolute train wreck, worst team in the league. And the Vikings don't seem to know how to win. So at number two, I got the Buccaneers. And I looked at it this way. Panthers 3-1, and one, probably the best defense in the league, or one of the best defenses in the league, and they just picked up Stephon Gilmore. So from a defensive standpoint, could give the Buccaneers some problems. The Saints, listen, the Saints are still have enough talent and they get Michael Thomas back after week six. So they're going to have the Kamara and, and Michael Thomas. So, again, that one-two punch on offense. And they still have a very good defense. The Falcons are the Falcons. I, the Falcons are just, you know, they get some scraps here and there. So, But two out of those three teams are very good. So at number one, I had the Cardinals. Rams, Niners, and Seahawks. Obviously with the Russell Wilson Situation, Turd, thanks for joining tonight. We appreciate it. Russell Wilson, so that might take that team out of it. But then the Niners are still a, a very competitive team, and the Rams obviously are a very competitive team. So they've got two tough teams that they've got to face, probably two of the top teams in the NFC besides themselves. So that's how I, I got the NFC. Oh, he's going to drink some water. He's got to get this water. And here we go. So the number four. So I have four number fours. Four number fours. Okay. Because none of them are losing their spot. I don't think any of these teams are relinquishing their spot. Okay. First of all, well, for for fun, I put the Bucks at number four. They are not dropping out of first place. They are not dropping out of not to Carolina, not to the New Orleans Saints. No, it's not happening. The Bucks are gonna be number one all through the season. It's not happening. Okay. At number three, I put Green Bay. That division is terrible. Minnesota's a good team. Goodish. Goodish that can't win. That can't win. Exactly. There's no way Green Bay is falling out of first place. It's not happening. It's not happening. So already those two teams, locked. They're locked. So okay. go take your money 
go to Vegas and say these two teams are winning their division. It's happening. At number two, I put Arizona because... Wreck-It Ralph, great movie, by the way. <laughs> I put it at number two because they, they have the Rams in their division. And the Rams are only one game back. So it could happen. I predicted Arizona would win the division. And I'm sticking by that. So I don't think they're going anywhere either. And I did predict them to go 15 and 2, I believe. Okay. At number one, because the pedigree of the other three teams dictate that Dallas has to be number one. But looking at the start for that division and how bad the Giants are, Dallas is not relinquishing that spot. But if there is a hole anywhere, it could be that division. I don't know. We're going to find out today, this week, when Dallas and New York play. So here's where I put the holes in your theory. Okay. Can the Rams make it to the Super Bowl? Yes. So, again, they're a bigger threat to, to the Cardinals, correct? Yeah. Can the Niners possibly get to the Super Bowl? No. Why? They're not good enough. Okay. Panthers, no shot? Nope. Nope. Okay. All right. All right. So at least the Rams Cardinals we can agree on. That, that's why I put them at number two. Okay. Now, Dallas, hey, if, if New York win, win this week, then New York is in play. Washington is still in play. You know, maybe, maybe maybe the Cowboys are looking past because they face New England the following week and they're getting a little nervous. Yeah, maybe. But I mean, like, legitimately, I think all four of these teams win that their divisions. All right. So. Let us know how you think we did. Uh, we appreciate all the feedback. Um, let's move on to our face-off, my friend. Face-off? I don't even know what the face-off is. So I never know. We're gonna, one of us is going to have to agree with this, and I don't know if either one of us can. Yeah, but should the NFL have allowed Josh Gordon to return to the league? So one of us is for this, that they should have. <sighs> so the fans that are watching right now, does anybody want to – who's for and who's against? Wrestling Den. Let's jump in here. RTS. Scrong. Third Mitchell, we know went to bed. Tez. Tez. I don't know if Tez is still out there. But should Josh Gordon, who should be for Josh Gordon being able to return to the league and who should be against? If not, I'm first. I get the pick. Ron, Ron against. against Eric Ford. Oh, it's a win for you. I call it already. Go ahead. I start, don't I? Yeah. All right. I'm going. So in our society, we have a, a court system that obviously, right, you go between to decide if you're, you're guilty or innocent. The NFL has the same policy. <coughs> Basically, look, they've, they've gone through all the records. They've seen that he's gotten himself clean, that he's able to, to produce at a, at, a, at a level that wouldn't embarrass the league. It just makes sense that they bring him back. I can't even say this with a straight face. Um, look, at the end of the day, though, everybody deserves a, a, a second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh chance. So, um, realistically, I mean, this. Let's let's go this way. If he does it one more time, he's done. All right, one more. 
he has not been relevant since 2013. You are 100 percent correct. And that's because he's been suspended more years than he's actually been playing. So, um, you know, Scrong, you got you hit that right, you nail right on the the head there. But go ahead, Ron, you're for it. <laughs> Do I even I have to say anything? <laughs> I, I think I argued for you. Yeah, you did. You so, did all those chances. How many chances does somebody get? So you know, look, we've done this before on faceoffs. Instead of just facing off, we're gonna just both agree that this is the dumbest thing this league does. Like this made no sense. Okay, look, first of all, you know damn well he's not clean. He is addicted to it. <laughs> he's addicted. He can't stop. It's not going to happen. He's going to keep and, doing it and keep doing it, you know. And Strong nailed it. Like, this dude, why even bother? Like, right. what's he going to do? Exactly. He's, like, yes, the Chiefs have all these weapons, so maybe he gets – but it didn't work for them when, when he got other players as well. Like, I mean, he's, he's irrelevant. He's yeah. irrelevant. Wait, who did he sign with? Kansas City. See, right there, you know, it's like it, it just it just goes to show that somebody said something to the league, and because there's no way that he's already signed with somebody. That that see, look, this is the NFL in a nutshell. They they have teams that want players, and they have to become eligible to get and. Those teams make a phone call and then, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, well, maybe we will do it for you guys. And, and if a couple other teams agree, then, you know, you know, we'll let them play. And, you know, there was a couple of teams that were interested in signing oh, yeah. him. And they said, oh, yeah, but they didn't know that Kansas City was already, you know, putting their claws into him. So, again, this is the NFL giving something to a team that. They want to see win. Don't you think that they want to see, you know, Kansas City win the Super Bowl? I mean, Patrick Mahomes is their guy right now. The face of the league right now. So the funny thing about this as well, as I look at, we've discussed today on this show about Urban Meyer and possibly getting fired, right? And I'm sure. not saying that Urban Meyer, you look, what he did isn't, um, we're not condoning it. We're not saying it was right. But in the grand scheme of it, if you think about what Josh Gordon's done and the fact that he's got X amount of chances, if Urban Meyer does get fired because of this, he's probably not getting another job in the NFL. No. But yet this guy, and I think, you know, Strong said it correctly. He's a clown. He doesn't take it seriously. How many chances can you give a guy before you he realizes, like, look, dude, you shouldn't even have this opportunity again. And I, I'm tired of the NFL, like he's he's banned for life. And then a year goes by and, oh, he, he went to rehab. Well, he's done this seven, eight times now. Yeah. Give it up. Yeah. NFL, smarten up. Like, look, he made I'm his I'm giving you this one because I couldn't even argue this. No, it, I, I it's, this it's unarguable. Hard. It's unarguable. Like, it, like, how many times do you break the rules before you get another chance? You know? Yeah. Like, I mean, look, it's the same thing with with steroids in baseball. It's the same yeah, thing. Guys, yeah, right. Pete Rose. Major League Baseball said you're never getting in the Hall of Fame. Guess what? He's never getting, you're in, never the getting in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> so, Not as long as the commissioner that's in is is there, yeah. you know? Once again, if you're joining us, we're live on Rhode Island Broadcasting. We're on every Friday night at 6 p.m. on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. You can subscribe on Twitch on Rhode Island underscore broadcasting. Uh, we appreciate any of the follows as well. Follow us on social media on 
Facebook and Twitter at Sports Unfolded, at Broadcasting RI on Twitter, Sports underscore Unfolded on Instagram. And you can listen to us on our podcasts on Amazon, Anchor, Google, and Spotify. So, so many different ways you can either watch, listen, support. We appreciate everybody that's out there. We appreciate the fans out there that are listening and chiming in. We love to have this banter. So you guys continue to bring it to us. Ron, we're on to our predictions, my friend. And you won again last week. So two and one. So nice job. Nice. I got like a three-week thing going. You're on a a tear right now. So we're start off with our NFL predictions. And uh, we've got the uh, Patriots at the Texans. Patriots at the Texans. Well, I, that's Pats. tough one. It's come Pats. on, yeah? it's Pats. Right. The Texans are terrible. I mean, <laughs> come on. Browns at Chargers. Uh, I am going to go Browns. Ooh, I'm going Chargers at home, and I'm not yep. sure how this injury is going to affect Baker Mayfield. Yep. Yep. Chargers. Good call, Scrong. What about Bills at Chiefs? I'm gonna go Bills. Do you see? Do you see the the ongoing theme? No, you haven't what seen. Thing? You haven't noticed yet, right? Okay. What's your theme? <laughs> Keep going. Are, are there picks that you've called for your first place teams? Keep going. All right. So just for tonight's game, Red Sox at Rays, because we already decided how the series is gonna go. Well, one of well, us did. You did. One of us. One of us uh, I'm gonna go the, Boston. The Stones. I'm going Rays. They're going to sweep them. Rays tonight. Big game. Best two teams in baseball. Dodgers at Giants tonight. Just this game. Who wins it? I'm going to go Dodger because Bueller is better than Webb. Bueller. Fry? I'm going Giants. Who'd you pick? Dodgers. All right. Look, we got a bunch of different ones. What about... On Saturday, we've got number four, Penn State at number three, Iowa. This just changed everything. Um, Even if it was Penn State at whatever college, Joe Schmo College, I would go with the other college. Um, Iowa, that's who's going to win. I went against Iowa last time. It's the only home home team I chose. Oh, that's what you – okay. All right. Saturday night, big fight. Dante Wilder versus Tyson Fury three. Oh, I'm 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 got? going I'm going Tyson Fury, Tyson Fury, absolutely. Um, and now after this after this win, everybody's going to say, well, who was the better Tyson? No, that will never happen. But I will agree with you on Tyson Fury. I just think, look, he's been more dominant in the other two fights, and I think Wilder, unless he gets him with a really good shot, because that's what he has. He just has a big. You know, big hand there. If he can get him, he might win. But he hasn't seemed to show that he could do that. So once again, if you join us uh, for the first time, uh, how we end our show is we do a final thought. And a final thought doesn't necessarily have to be sports related. It could be about anything going on in the world today. Uh, so my final thought, I will go first, is actually um, my disgust for the 18 former NBA players who were charged on Thursday with pocketing about $2.5 million illegally by defrauding the league's health and welfare benefits plan in a scam that authorities said involved claiming fictitious medical and dental expenses. So these guys were actually, the league pays these guys based off of the fact that they played 
in the past to help them with medical and dental expenses. Cause obviously we know the grind of being an athlete. Sometimes afterwards you need some help physically. The league has funds for that. And they basically were having like Beverly Hills doctors put in fake, you know, doctors uh, procedures so that they would get this money. And then they were traveling and using that money to do other things. We've talked about the NFL and how they messed up with the concussions and some of these guys that had, ended up committing suicide and CTE and all these things that happened and how the league should be better about paying for those players medical expenses when they get out of NFL. The NBA was doing this and the, these guys took advantage of it. And it's a shame. 18 players decided to do this. And you know, some of them probably decided to talk amongst each other and say, Hey, this doctor will take care of you. This doctor will put this in. And it's a shame because it goes to show that no matter how a league tries to take care of you afterwards, you're going to find a way to try to, you know, screw the league, screw the system. And it's wrong. And these guys should be ashamed. And I hope they get prosecuted because there's people out there that are paying medical bills and the expenses now that can't even do it. And these guys were just taking advantage of a system just so they could go travel or do whatever, or buy a car, or buy a house, whatever they wanted to do. It was wrong. And they should be ashamed. That's my final thought. Oh, they have that list out somewhere? Because I got They do actually have. Yeah, there's, there's, you can see who's. I know Sebastian Telfair was one of the players. Former Celtic, yeah, kid out of high school. Um, there's there's a few names on there. It's pretty uh it's a shame. Pretty it's despicable to be honest with you. Uh all right. So my final thought is an extension of Carey Price and Tuka Rask, another one of those players that have fallen to this category. And there's players in sports all over the world that are going through these issues. We've seen it in the Olympics. We've seen it in tennis. We've seen it everywhere. There is a concern for the health of these athletes. And I'm not talking physical health. It is the mental health. Now, some of these players, you know, when they come out and say something, they get backlash. You know, it's like, oh, come on. You're making millions of dollars, blah, 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 blah. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't fall victim to, you know, a silent disease like mm -hmm. mental health problems. We just as fans need to understand that just because a player is making all that money, they still can fall victim to to many things. And mental health is got to be taken more seriously because I don't want to see players just keep leaving, you know, sports. Because if it does happen and it's going to start, there's going to be a mass exodus. And if people can't understand that they do need the help at times, and there is no embarrassment to saying that they need the help. Because that's right now what they're facing. They're facing embarrassment and backlash from fans. And, you know, if you're not popular then you're not going to get those endorsements and stuff like that. People need to understand that they are human. And we need to, to take a look at ourselves when we interact with fans. And we say it on here a lot. And we're all guilty of it. All sports fans are guilty of it. Because when you're yelling at that TV from that, like, whether it's a Montreal Canadian, a Yankee, or a Red Sox player, and you hate that team, you're you're lashing out at that. 
Well, when you're live at a game and you say stuff like that, they do hear it. They do pay attention and it can potentially hurt as well. So Great that's point. I just want to make, make no, everybody understand. No, no, 100%, Ron, I, I agree with you. I think, look, um, there's points in times where I think I felt bad at some of the things I've said afterwards. Like, you know, we don't know what they're going on. I mean, if some of it's self-inflicted, but if it's just part of the game and, you know, I, I agree with you, you got me when you said the point about yelling at the screen, uh, you know, the TV. Cause I'm like, how could this guy not catch that? Or how could he not like, again, I probably yeah. couldn't catch it, but we'll, we'll criticize these guys for it. So, you know, we've got to start to look at the mental health aspect because you're seeing it more and more. And I think it's because of social media as well, because there's so many different outlets now where right. people feel it's okay to say it. So hopefully, you know, things get figured out with this and, and players can get the help they need prior to, but you excellent point. I'm glad you finished off with that. That was great, Ron. Thank you. So all the fans that have joined us tonight, we appreciate you. Thanks for joining us live. Um, thanks for the, the Twitch support. You guys have been amazing. Uh, YouTube, Facebook, follow us. There's so many different ways that you can watch, listen to us. Every week, Friday, Fridays, 6 p.m. Don't forget, tune in Sunday for, uh, after 4 p.m. We will do a Patriots post game, And then Monday night, 7 p.m., watch my man, the hockey guy, Ron, just break down every team and tell you who's going to win the Stanley Cup next season. So, fans out there, thanks for joining us. Ron, always a pleasure. Great show tonight. Always Thank you, my pleasure. friend. Fans, have a great night. Peace. Good night, everybody.